Welcome back to another edition of the Educational AD Podcast. We couldn't do this without the incredible support of our sponsors, and we want to start by saying thank you to all of them. First, to our diamond sponsor, Varsity Brands, including BSN, Varsity Spirit, and Herf Jones. Varsity Brands, elevating student experiences in sport, spirit, and achievement. We also want to thank our platinum sponsors, Ephesus Lighting, innovating a brighter future at every level. Gilman Gear, always a step ahead. Camp Mobile, where leaders communicate better. Hometown Ticketing, simple and easy online ticketing. And Vital Signs, bring student achievements to life. Thank you to all of our great sponsors. Welcome back, everyone, to another edition of the Educational AD Podcast. Our guest today is Rebecca Moe. Rebecca is the Athletic Director at University Prep in Seattle. Rebecca, welcome to the show. Good morning, Jake. How are you? Hey, we're doing great. I know you're out there on the West Coast. I'm East Coast, but uh, we're glad you're able to get up uh, early for us. Okay? Well, thanks for having me. It's been great to connect with you this past spring and, and have this opportunity. Oh, absolutely. We enjoyed your presentation during our uh, virtual workshop back in the spring. Well, we always like to let our listeners have a chance to get to know our guests. So tell us a little bit about yourself, where you grew up, um, where you went to school, your involvement in sports, and, and how that you know maybe led to your uh, current career. Yeah, sure. Um, I grew up in Connecticut, um, south, the southern part of Connecticut, a town called Milford. And like all kids back in the late 80s, early 90s, you played three high school sports. Um, I played soccer, basketball, and softball. And um, was fortunate enough to continue playing softball at Fordham University in New York City. Um, at that point, uh, it's Division I school. It, they were in the Patriot League, and the, they're since now in the Atlantic 10. So I played softball at Fordham and you know, did that for four years and then was able to stay on at Fordham to be a graduate assistant in their athletic department. So when I graduated from Fordham, they were transitioning from the Patriot League to the Atlantic 10, so they needed to get some more staff on board. So I was able to stay on, on and get my master's degree and work full-time in the athletic department. Um, I did that for two years um, while earning my master's degree and then moved back home to Connecticut, was a little tired of the rat race in New York City um, and ended up working at Yale University for a year um, as an intern. Um, at that time, I also met my husband, now husband, um, and we lived in New Haven, um, got married, and then decided to make a road trip out to Seattle to just start something new to see if we could just, you know, like, why not? We're young. We've got no, you know, nothing going on. Let's, you know, let's get married. And we moved to Seattle. And that was in the fall of 1998. And um, we had some odd jobs. We worked some odd jobs and, you know, just put some stuff together. And he became a basketball coach at this small private school called University Prep. He was a JV basketball coach. And in the spring of 99, um, the athletic director said, hey, my assistant athletic director is retiring. He said, or he was moving schools. He said to my husband, he's like, you know, do you think you'd be interested? And he's like, well, no, but I know someone who would be interested in someone who's super qualified. He's like, my wife, Rebecca. 
So I interviewed for the job and began working at University Prep in the fall of 1999 and have been here ever since. I just finished my 21st year. And in 2006, I became the athletic director. So I've been doing that for a while. Um, while also coaching, um, I did some teaching. Um, in that time, I've had two children. Um, I actually went into labor with my daughter coaching a softball game and had to leave in the third inning. <laughs> so that was, quite, that was quite a story for those girls to remember. Um, and have been at university prep and leading the athletic program ever since. Um, I think when you, it, similar to you, you find a small school, it's an instant community. Um, we didn't, David and I didn't have any family out here in Seattle, but once you start working at a school, and even in a big city like Seattle, it's kind of small, you run into people all the time. And um, it's just been an instant community. And I think between the small school and the sports have just connected us so much to the community, to our alumni. And, you know, my kids actually go to the school now. They go to university prep. And, um, you know, that, that's what's been interesting. But it's amazing. It's the intersection of community, community and sport which has been super positive and super rewarding for me. It's quite a trip from uh, the East yeah. Coast, uh, Ivy League, and then now all the way out to uh, the great Northwest, which is where mm -hmm. I grew up, by the way. Um, we talk about the importance of, of leadership and, and particularly mentorship uh, in our business. Uh, who have been some of the mentors in your life, both personal and professional, that you you can see and hear their voices uh, in your daily routine. Well, yeah, I think I, I can think about three people and they're at different phases of my life. And the first one, um, I don't think I realized she was a mentor until after the fact. And it was my high school softball coach, Edna Frazier. And she was also an athletic director. Um, so back, you know, 1988, 89, you know, I graduated high school in 91. Um, never gave it a second thought that a woman could be an athletic director because here was my coach. Um, who was our athletic director and we had a very successful softball team and she ran a successful athletic program. So I think looking back, I didn't realize how much that, that kind of seeing yourself in a position meant, you know, I, I saw it every day. She was there making sure everything was taken care of. She was in the gym at basketball games. Um, never even gave it a second thought. Um, so looking back on it now, just to see that, that Edna was in that position, you know, never made me think that I couldn't be, be in athletics. Um, and then the second mentor, um, advocate or sponsor would be Marianne Riley. And she was my, um, supervisor boss and mentor at Fordham university. And when I went to Fordham, I had like work study and she was like my supervisor and I worked at the Vince Lombardi center. Um, and I was, you know, working at the issue counter. And then she got a job in the athletic department as a senior women's administrator. And she asked if I would go work with her, um, you know, being her student assistant in the office. So that led me to then working in the athletic department, which then led into the graduate assistantship. Um, and Marianne was great. She made sure I was included in everything. Um, it was interesting to see her as a woman um, in a division one athletic department. She was the only woman. And just kind of how that, how those, how the, the structure and the, the dynamics worked. Um, she's since moved on. She's now the athletic director at Manhattan College. Um, in Riverdale in the Bronx, on the other side of the Bronx. So she's someone I keep, keep tabs on and we check in and out every once in a while. And um, if she, you know, I try to think if I never answered that phone call the day that she wanted me to come, you know, work for her, if I thought, what if I had said no? Like, you know, I was like, sure, I'll work for you. Um, I just think back to those moments that are kind of pivotal, um, which, is, which has been, you know, thank goodness I said yes. 
And then the third person I can think of is um, our upper school director, assistant head of school here, Ken Jaffe. Um, he just recently retired after 22 years here at UPrep, after like a 40 year um, career in education. And he was the one that hired me to become the athletic director at University Prep. And I guess I, I really haven't thought a lot about it, but um, you know, he's, he's let me lead, he's let, he's let me grow as a leader. Um, I've learned a lot on how to deal with people and parents by just working with him. Um, people never, he never let people circumvent me to go to him to complain about our athletic program or, you know, you know, it was like, he, everyone knew the process. And only 17% of women in Washington state are athletic directors. So for, for someone to take a chance back even in 2006 to give me that opportunity um, and then support my growth and my leadership opportunities ever since, um, you know, it was interesting to reflect upon, uh, like in his retirement, we didn't have a party, but just on how instrumental his, his voice and partnership have been is my growth as an athletic director. So Ken has been a huge influence. Um, and I'm going to miss him. I mean, I have a new boss now and, um, you know, we worked really well together to build a program that's you know, well-respected in the Seattle area and Washington state. You know, you and I spoke a little bit earlier about uh, COVID and we're going to get to that, but, um, how has, in your um, experience, how's the job of athletic administration changed? You've been AD now uh, for 15 years, but you've been at the school for over 20. You've been in athletics for a long time. How has the job of today's uh, school-based athletic director changed over the years? Um, I think what a lot has changed is um, the club scene has come on. Um, you know, and that's, I am a little worried that when we come out of COVID, what's, you know, what educational based athletics versus club sports is going to look like. Um, you know, we find ourselves, you know, we don't have the three sport athletes. You have the one girl who plays soccer for you prep and then she does club soccer in the spring. So we, we don't have a lot of those multi-sport athletes. Um, same with coaches. I, I also see a lot of teachers who are not coaches anymore. When I first started, we had a, a robust faculty of teacher coaches. And when we interviewed someone, it was kind of like that triple threat, the advisor, coach, teacher. And those people aren't coming through the pipeline anymore. And, you know, whether it's they don't want to coach or they don't want to, you know, work with parents. Um, I just think it's, it's, it's been an interesting, you know, we're now at like, we used to be like a little above, you know, 50, you know, we were 60, 40 on campus, but now we're like swinging more the other way. And that becomes a different challenge of just onboarding people about your culture. When you teach at a school, you understand it, you understand the community, but when you have an outside coach, it's a little bit more work. So that's been an interesting thing. And then I would just say um, facility challenges in, in an urban area like Seattle and growth and youth sports. Um, it's just constantly making sure you have the resources to support your program. It's just everything's just getting, you know, in Seattle's just exploded in growth. So the fields and access that we used to have, we're finding a little bit more challenging now. So. Those are some things that I can think of in my, you know, the 21 years at UPrep that have kind of changed and it's important to stay ahead of it and kind of anticipate it um, and just try to make some smart decisions. Yeah, I think we're all facing those challenges. Let's go and talk about COVID. Um, obviously it's had an impact on uh, schools across the country. Um, you know, we, we've been able to talk to a number of ADs from different states, but Tell us, uh, you know, what's going on right now in Washington, what's happening with your school, and, and maybe look in your crystal ball, how do you think it's going to play out, again, in your state uh, this fall? Well, you know, Washington was one of the first states to shut down. 
Um, that was in early March. Um, so I feel like, but so I feel like we've we've kind of been ahead of the game. Um, but every time I feel like we've made progress, I feel like there's no difference today, July 20th, than I felt like on March 20th. There's still a lot of unknowns. Um, but our state has been great. Um, we've had a lot of um, Zoom calls. Um, we've had our WASA WIA Wednesdays just to talk about current events. Um, the WIA has been super um, transparent and clear in their communication and their decision-making processes and their work with the Office of Superintendent and the Governor's Office and the Health Department. So we've done a great job. And then the WIA put together some working groups to look at each sport for a safe return and, and use the NFHS guidelines as like a model. Um, so they reached out and they had small committees of like athletic trainers, students, coaches, athletic directors. Um, and I was um, fortunate enough to serve on both the soccer committee and the tennis committee. Um, and then those guidelines are now on our, the website of WIA so people can look at them and say, this is what phase two looks like, phase three. Um, so that's been great. So I was feeling really optimistic in June and then all of a sudden the calendar turned to July and you know numbers um, continue to just keep increasing, not only in Washington and King County, but in the rest of the country. And right now the WIA, they pushed this, the fall start season back two weeks. So it was supposed to be August 24th and now it'll be September 7th. Um, tomorrow there's a big WIA executive board meeting, I think to look at different models of what's gonna happen. So we'll know tomorrow night, Wednesday morning, we have a league meeting tomorrow morning. Um, and then as far as our school, you know, I'm kind of now in the question like, well, if we go hybrid or remote, will we, and, and if athletics still happen, will they let it happen? So we've had some leadership changes here. So I'm just trying to get some understanding of what, what will the school allow us to do depending on the model we choose. So if we go remote, you know, will they let us still have athletics if athletics happens? Um, same with hybrid. But like, a, like many city schools and stuff, um, you know, there's an equity issue of how people can get to campus. You know, are people gonna be able to get there? Um, will it be accessible to everybody? So these are just some challenges that we need to look at. Um, but I don't know. I mean, next week when it could be a whole different story, but I'm, I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic. Um, I'm preparing for a full return. Um, but with that being said, um, I need to be prepared for uh, several outcomes. Yeah, I mean, that, that's all you can do, you know, hope for the best and uh, plan for the worst. Yep. Um, in addition to COVID, uh, this past spring, uh, we saw just a, a, a heightened uh, interest and awareness of social issues. Um, from your perspective uh, there in Seattle as a private school athletic director, what are some things that we can do as uh, athletic administrators, as leaders, uh, to be more aware, to be more sensitive, uh, to do a better job regarding these uh, social issues? Um, well, I think a lot of it, um, you know, it's a, that's a tough one because I think sport lends itself to building community. Um, and without having sports through these social issues, it's kind of hard to see where, where we fit in. Um, but I think it's super important that, you know, when we do get to return to play, that we're making sure that we're playing communities all over Seattle and different communities and making sure that when people come here, they feel welcome. And, you know, the, the ongoing conversation of supporting our students, um, of, you know, supporting all our students, just to make sure that, that, that they have a safe experience um, is super important. So it's kind of hard to say without having, with, in the absence of sport, what it's gonna look like. Um, but I think our, you know, I've got young kids and there's a lot of, um, 
a lot of action and social justice action, especially in Seattle. Um, you know, that whole, that area, that whole shop zone that was, that you probably saw in the news, you know, we play it like that's a field that we'll play at. Um, you know, when we, there's a school nearby and that's where we play our, our soccer games there. So, um, you know, it's just being aware of just the different, you know, you know, different versions of thought and just being prepared to support our students and how they can express themselves and, and what does that look like on the field or in a team. And I think it's, it's super important to maybe dial in your coaches to make sure that, you know, you're all, they're all on board and that what we know, what our community expectations are, and then that how that plays out on the field. Absolutely, you know, clear expectations and then articulate those expectations through, you know, all members. Mm -hmm. Let's go and shift gears a little bit. Okay. Um, you know, you've been at university prep for, uh, you know, a, a few years. Yeah. What are some of your favorite things, you know, about the school, about the job? You know, what gets you excited each morning uh, when you go to work? I would have to say just seeing the kids and, and working with the people here. And that's the part I think I've missed the most that when I get into a little funk or I'm feeling a little like lethargic, it's because I don't get that energy. I feed off their energy and you know, there's nothing better than getting to school and I get here on the early side to, cause I commute with my kids just to see kids hanging out in the buzz and, you know, just chit chatting with people and then just stopping to ask them about their day, not just maybe about their volleyball game or their tennis match, but really like, how did that chemistry test go? I know you were stressed about that and just taking the moment to, to ask them really how they're doing. And, and I'm fortunate. I don't have, I don't have any teaching responsibilities. Um, I'm an advisor, but so I have a lot of time, not just to do my job, but just to, to build community. And that's maybe going to hang out in the commons and I have a cup of coffee and there's some kids there. And, you know, I try to, I try to be thoughtful. And I know that at the end of the day, they have a lot going on, not just athletics. I mean, the school, you know, that pushes them academically. Um, a lot of these kids have high expectations of where they hope to go to college and, and so do their families. So it's, it, athletics is one piece, but um, it's, it's, it's the whole energy that the kids bring. And what's interesting is that, like, I don't think I've ever had any two days the same. Um, and that's what keeps it fresh and new and you know, I just like, and I like connecting people when, when they need help. I like to connect people to other people. And I just try to be a resource above and beyond for athletics. We've heard that uh, again and again. It's, it's about the kids. Okay. So good to hear. Well, Rebecca, uh, we've kind of come to the end of the podcast, but we always like to wrap up with what we call the athletic director's toolbox. So you're an experienced AD and you're getting ready to send out a brand new athletic director to their very first job. But I'm only going to let you put three things in their toolbox. Okay. What three things are going to go in Rebecca Moe's AD toolbox? Um, learn people's names. Get to know the, your, your kids and their parents. Number two would be, um, oh my gosh, I'm just blanking. Number two would be, do your, take your job seriously, but not yourself too seriously. And three, be open to feedback. It's a gift. Even if you don't want to hear it, be open to feedback. We have blind spots and sometimes we need people to point them out to us. These excellent, uh, excellent advice. Okay. Well, we appreciate you being on the show today. Um, you know, good luck, uh, you know, continued good luck this summer and this fall with the reopening. Well, thank you, Jake, for having me. It's been, it's been fun just to discuss this. And I think one of the silver linings of Corona is that we've, I've been able to engage with people like you on the other side of the country and learn and listen. 
Oh, and, and that goes both ways. Uh, just, uh, you know, creating that ever-growing network, uh, I think, is that fourth piece of advice to, to put in that toolbox for ADs. You know, there's somebody out there that can help you, whether you're East Coast or West Coast. Mm-hmm. Well, Rebecca, thanks again for being on. Listeners, thanks for uh, tuning in. Uh, come back next time for another edition of the Educational AD. Thanks again for listening. Remember, these episodes are also being uploaded to the Educational AD YouTube channel. That's Educate, Ath, D-I-R, and F-I-A-A on YouTube. Thanks again for listening.